Mutual.com. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. On a gorgeous start to a Wednesday morning. It's the last day of July. Come on in, fabulous farm babe Pam Yonke, along with you for the next 55 minutes or so. Beautiful day on the way today. 78 are expected. High overnight lows down to 57. Then we start adding on a little heat. Tomorrow's daytime highs around 81 for the first day of the Wisconsin State Fair. Friday, 83. Saturday, 84 degrees. Maybe a little bit of change in the weather conditions next week. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist has weather details in about 15 minutes. Boy, I'll tell you, we focus in a lot of emphasis on dairy, corn, soybeans, etc. But there's one Wisconsin crop used to be something everybody grew at least a little bit of. Today, Wisconsin tobacco growers are few and far between. Josh Scrambling got a chance to educate himself on that historic crop for Wisconsin agriculture, and he joins us with the story before six. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. And as a cooperative, our member owners understand this firsthand through benefits like our patronage program, which gives profits back to member owners. This year, Compere Financial is paying out more than $150 million to our member owners. Learn more at Compere.com. Trademarks of Compere Financial, an equal credit opportunity lender. Well, I got my mail the other day, and there was an envelope from the State Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection, and that always causes interest in my house. And sure enough, it was the premises identification notification that we regularly get out on those farms. I'm Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire, and Pam... It's been quite a while now as I look back at it and think back at the days when that premises ID program was being put into place, and it hasn't uh, slowed down, has it? Yeah, you're exactly right, Scott. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Yeah, it's it's been around for a while. It is law in Wisconsin, folks. If you own one horse, one sheep, one beef animal, a flock of chickens, whatever— the state of Wisconsin needs to know where you're housing those animals, that flock. It's all about biosecurity and trying to protect the state's uh, livestock population if there would be some kind of contagious disease outbreak. And now is the time to be renewing your premise identification information or if you've just acquired animals, getting involved in the process. Reba McClone joins us this morning with the latest update on premise ID 2019. Reba? They help maintain a database of different locations with animals throughout the state to help track down any issues that might arise. Jody Legg is the executive director for WLIC, and she shared more information about premise IDs. So a premises ID um, is a, a, a official a number that is assigned by um, the federal government uh, for your premises. It, it goes with your premises. So if, let's say, uh, John Smith owned a, a farm um, and John Smith moved, his premises ID would stay with the farm. He, he would move to a different farm. He'd get a different farm, because uh, a different premises ID for that farm. So the, the premises ID is associated with the, the land and it's geocoded to that particular parcel of land. Why is that something that's important to have? 
So the premises ID helps the Department of Agriculture um, in a traceback situation should there be a disease outbreak. So if if an animal was um, found to have a disease or thought to have a disease, let's say it was at the marketplace or or some other place, then uh, they would be traced back to the farm of origin and every journey along their way. Well, the premises ID is one way that the Department of Ag can trace that back. And so um, we keep those... the, the premises ID includes all the contact information for the current owner or manager of the property, and then we keep track of the species on that property. We don't keep track of the number of species. For example, whether you have 100 cows or 1,000 cows or one cow, it would just be that we would put cattle and then we would define it as either dairy or beef. Um, it, any animal that is uh, considered livestock uh, that includes um, goats, camels, horses, uh, chickens would that that premises would require a premises ID. Say I just have one horse at my house. Do I still need to have a premises ID number? Yes. So it doesn't matter whether you have one animal on your premises or whether you have a, a thousand animals on your premises. You do need to have a premises ID. Now that's not for pets like dogs and cats or rabbits. Um, it would be more for um, or birds, for example. It would be more for though if you're if it's poultry like turkeys or chickens, ducks. They would require premises ID. If you have a pond with fish in it, that would require premises ID. If you have a horse uh, that you keep as a pet, that actually would require a premises ID. Um, and so on the Department of Agriculture website or at um, our website, WIC's website, you can go visit and, and figure out if your animal is uh, considered livestock and would require you to get a premises ID. That's really helpful information. And 2019 is a renewal year for premises IDs. So what are the deadlines for that? So July 31st is the day that the Department of Ag would like all of the premise ID renewals to come into our office. So WIC handles all those premises IDs. We maintain a database of the the original uh, premises when they were originally registered. And then in Wisconsin, because this is a mandatory law, every three years you have to do a renewal. And so this year, 2019, is a renewal year. We started sending letters out in March, and then we sent so many out every week. We have 60,000 active premises in the state of Wisconsin that that are up for renewal. To date, we've renewed a little over 21,000 of of those 60,000, so we still have just shy of 40,000 to renew. Um, It's not to worry if you've sent your letter in and you haven't received your card back or your email back because we're still processing quite a few renewals, as you can imagine. They're coming in now pretty fast and furiously into our office. So, um, But if you've mailed it in, that's absolutely fine. But we just ask that you try to get to it by July 31st. You should have received a letter if you already had a premises uh, uh, that was active. You should have received a letter. If you haven't received a letter, we can look it up and make sure whether or not you were actually ever registered or not. If you weren't registered, we can register you right over the phone. So there's various ways that you can register your premise. You can call us um, or you can visit our website at WIID.org. And then when you get to our website, you can click the premises registration renewal button at the top and then you can register online. 
you can scan it to an email um, on our website. There's an email address. So when you get your letter, we would just ask that you review all of, of the information. Is your contact information the same, your phone number? Um, we really like to have as much contact information as we can possibly get because obviously if there's a disease outbreak, the Department of Ag would want to get a hold of you as soon as possible. And so cell phone their help. Um, if you have home phone or business phone, an email is real helpful. And then you do need to sign it. So if you send the form in and it's not signed um, by my mail, we do have to put that aside and we would mark it unsigned. So you'd probably get a second notice. You said they're looking to have these in by July 31st. Are you able to submit after the 31st? Yes. If you miss a date, keep going. Um, there'll probably be a period of time where obviously we'll be still accepting letters or online renewals, emails, et cetera, phone calls, certainly, um, throughout the rest of this year. And um, my um, estimation is that probably in the September, October timeframe, we'll run a report from our database to see who has not yet renewed and those folks will probably get a second notice. And what happens if you don't register for a premise ID? So there, it, this is a mandatory statute um, that was the legislature passed the premises ID rule uh, back in 2006. And so this is a requirement um, that you do. And, and again, it's not, it's not uh, Big Brother watching over you. It's really meant for disease traceability and, and indemnity. So if you do not uh, register your premise if you have a new one or renew your premise if you have a current or active premise premises, then, you know, and, and there was a disease outbreak and your farm would be infected and maybe it was no fault of your own. They were commingled. Uh, animals or or whatnot, there you know there's indemnity insurance that you can get if you had a loss at your farm. Well, if you don't have a premises registration or you didn't renew your premise, you would not be eligible for that. So it's really important for um, disease traceability. But I'd also like to point out that in addition, that's how that's why it was set up in the first place to make sure that we had a robust traceback system. Um, but it, it's also really a, a good thing to have for the export market, if you export products either into other states or into other countries, they want to have a trace back. They want to know that you can trace back that animal from the farm of origin, and the premises registration system helps that. And it's also a good thing for consumer confidence that our consumers know that we're really taking care of um, the products that we provide to the marketplace. So we really encourage everyone to register a premise. To your question about whether there's a fine, you would get a second notice. Um, I believe after the second notice, there would be a period of time where the Department of Ag would start making some calls, trying to get folks that whether you renew it or not, um, you get a third notice. And after that, there is a fine that would be assessed. You were talking about how this isn't Big Brother trying to keep an eye out. Right now, the WLIC is actually where this information is housed. Right. And the reason that WIC was created, we were created actually back in 2001. Originally, we were formed, we're a nonprofit entity, and we were originally, we were formed um, with, with a partnership with other agricultural businesses because the USDA had grant money to give out and they wanted to develop a traceability system. And so WIC was formed and we created a pretty robust database and we got 
some producers to join us and, and sort of test um, animal identification, ear tags and readers, and um, sort of what a premises uh, ID would, system would look like. Well, um, in 2005, there was a disease outbreak in Washington State of, of mad cow disease, and so USDA sort of said, wait a minute, we have to mandate that every state has some type of traceability system. So every state does it a little bit differently right now, but in Wisconsin, the legislature decided that the best way forward was mandatory premises registration. And so um, they decided since WLIC was already doing it uh, and had this database, we would form a public-private partnership. And as a nonprofit entity, we can guarantee that your information is private. We do not share it or sell it with anybody. The only one that has access to it, it would be Department of Agriculture employees, and that would certainly be in the management of the agriculture programs or in case of a disease outbreak. Last year, uh, in 2018, we upgraded uh, our database to use the Core 1 database system. Core 1 is an animal management, health management uh, database system, and they provide the same type of service to their states and several countries um, overseas. And um, the great thing about the Core 1 system, a lot more information than just premises registration. So the system is is a lot uh, more robust, and it allows for a lot faster and easier trace back in case we should need it. And if people are looking to get a hold of the WLIC? You can call us at 888-808-1910. You can email us um, at info at org or visit our website. Or if you have your form, you can mail it back and then you don't have to wait on the phone. Um, we ask that you just be patient with us because at this point we're pretty busy and we're processing a lot of renewals. That was Jody Legg, the executive director for the Wisconsin Livestock Identification Consortium. So make sure you look into getting your premises ID renewed or getting one set up if you don't have one already. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Reba McClone. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help in identifying burglary suspects. On July 19th at 1.26 a.m., officers were dispatched to a residential burglary in the 2700 block of Tucson Trail on Madison's west side. In this incident, a 35-year-old female was lying on her couch watching the storm roll in when she suddenly saw three masked men dressed all in black in her kitchen. She quickly yelled at the burglars, which scared them out of her house. From there, they fled to a white sedan that was waiting outside. It appears likely that the suspects were able to act access the woman's house from items that were left in her unlocked vehicle. This has become an increasingly common tactic for criminals. Crime Stoppers and law enforcement are reminding everyone to lock up vehicles, outside doors, and belongings. Please also report any suspicious vehicular activity you may see in your neighborhood at night to Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. If it's happening now, call 911. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers may remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward.
We're taking reservations now for our Farm Tours 2020. I'm Pam Yonke inviting you to join us. We've got several exciting destinations we'll be traveling to in 2020. We'll start off the new calendar year with our tour to Panama and Costa Rica. Of course, agricultural highlights and a lot of natural beauty. The dates for that trip, January 4th through the 13th. And then remember, come September of 2020, it's off to Scotland and Northern Ireland. Now, if any of these trips are of interest to you, please make sure that you're getting on our mailing list right away. To do that, go to HolidayVacations.com and search for the word PAM. You'll see our itineraries there. Or better yet, pick up the phone and ask for details and brochures yourself. Call toll-free 800-826-2266. That's 800-826-2266. Costa Rica, Panama, Scotland, and Northern Ireland in 2020. Tilling up every inch of land in the state, except Lambeau Field. That there's consecrated ground. It's Pam Yonke and the Wisconsin Farm Report. Holy pea pickers, can you believe it? Lambeau Field is going to come to life a week from tomorrow. Next Friday, the 8th, is going to be the family fun night at Lambeau Field as we begin another season. It kind of feels like that outside this morning. Very, very comfortable. Time to find out what's coming our way weather-wise. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. Man, I'll tell you, yesterday was gorgeous, and it looks like today is going to be a carbon copy. Yeah, you named it. It's just absolutely comfortable, gorgeous, really fine conditions. High pressure built right on in out of the northwest. And today we expect sunshine, nice temperatures. Well, you may find a little fog this morning. Don't let that surprise you. You know, it happens at this time of the year is that moisture builds in in the daytime. As we cool the sky off at night, a little fog results. I'll talk about that in the forecast the next several nights and mornings. But otherwise, sunshine, not much of a breeze, and temperatures still just slightly cooler than normal today. We'll start heading back to the normal level and above for the end of the week. No rain threats to talk about. In fact, the next front dropping in may not mean much of a rain chance until later Saturday afternoon, and even then a very slight chance. I'll have the forecast right after this. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. We grew up here, and many of us are farm kids through and through. So whether you have one acre or a thousand. Whether you're building a house or a legacy. Your friends, family, and neighbors at Compere Financial have your back. And And we're we're ready ready to to champion champion rural together. together. Learn more at Compere.com. Compere Financial. Equal credit opportunity lender. When you're in for improving your energy efficiency, Wisconsin is in for growing your farm's energy savings. Focus on energy partners with Wisconsin Utilities to offer farmers the tools to grow their farm's energy efficiency and cash incentives to make it happen. Get started today. Call 888-947-7828 or visit FocusOnEnergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's FocusOnEnergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on Energy, helping farmers grow since 2001. Well, we're waking up in the upper 50s this morning. Stuart, sounds like we're not necessarily going to break. Will we break 80? I think we ought to stay just below well lacrosse. You'll probably have 81 or 82, but everybody else stays just a little bit cooler. Could be a little morning fog, but look for a nice sunny day. Upper 70s, a low 80 at lacrosse, a light variable breeze. Clear overnight, a little fog around late once again. 
mid-50s with a calm breeze, a little morning fog, a sunny day Thursday. We all head back into the low 80s. Lacrosse could be up to 84, and the winds become northeast at 5. Sunny Friday, low and mid-80s around, calm breezes, and just that really slight rain chance Saturday afternoon or evening pan, otherwise later Monday before the next organized system approaches. All right, I'll take that. Beautiful way to kick off the Wisconsin State Fair tomorrow, huh? Oh, absolutely. I should be there, but oh yeah, work gets in the way. <laughs> well, we'll see. It's nice because I call that work and I go myself, you see? Yeah, I understand that, but I, I have a hard time building the fair. <laughs> That's true. That's That'd be true. All right, man. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks. All right. See ya. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist with Weather Details. Okay. Around the state, like I said, it is a very comfortable start to our Wednesday morning. Lacrosse, partly cloudy, 57. Mauston, you're clear in 55. Fond du Lac, clear at the airport, 55 degrees. Oshkosh is clear and 57. At the airport in Madison right now, we're looking at clear skies currently at 59 degrees. Yes, the Wisconsin State Fair does indeed get started tomorrow. Some details on that after 530. And Wisconsin Tobacco. Yes, we're still growing it. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. At the American Lung Association, we're fighting for a day when we can all breathe easier. We're fighting for clear skies over every city and healthy lungs throughout the country. We're fighting to keep harmful secondhand smoke out of our public spaces and workplaces and fighting to free millions of Americans from the addictive grip of tobacco and the devastating effects of lung disease. We're fighting for a day when kids no longer battle airborne poisons in their own homes or the fear of an asthma attack. The American Lung Association isn't just fighting for air. We're fighting for all the things that make it worth breathing, and we can use your help. Join us in the fight. Visit fightingforair.org and read about just a few of the many ways the American Lung Association is fighting to protect the air we breathe, both indoors and out. See what you can do at fightingforair.org. In baseball, these are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together. United. For a great cause. We once again join our partners Stand Up to Cancer in reaffirming a commitment to the fight against cancer. Since 2008, Major League Baseball, its fans, players, and coaches have delivered a powerful, determined message that we, together, will defeat cancer. I'm Matt Damon. I'm Candace Patton. Joe Manganello. Jordana Brewster. Zachary Levi. I'm Uzo Aduba. Cancer has in some way touched all of us. So join Major League Baseball and stand up to cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. Visit standuptocancer.org slash MLB. Stand up with us. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need new windows. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 years and 80 minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 years of hindsight for 80 minutes of your time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. 
With the huge swing in temperatures from below zero to the upper 90s, Ganser Company has the only window made for Wisconsin climate. Infinity Windows from Marvin offer a lifetime warranty. Bring on the ice, wind, and the heat. Infinity Windows don't warp, crack, or fade like vinyl windows. Call today, 608-222-1243. Or stop into our showroom and see the Infinity Window Experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. Are you tired of having smokers lines even though you may not smoke? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Lip lines, often called smoker's lines, are frustrating and stubborn signs of getting older. They're often created from years of muscle movements around the mouth along with fat and volume loss. Non-surgical treatments such as Botox can relax the muscles that cause pursing wrinkles. Dermal fillers like Restylane or Juvederm can fill in fine wrinkles and restore a downturn mouth. All of these treatments are available at Rejuvenation Clinic and can be done simply and naturally with very little downtime. Don't be afraid to get your smile back. To learn more, visit the experienced medical professionals at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie for natural, long-lasting confidence and beauty. Let your natural beauty shine through. Find us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling, the shine and diamonds, but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days. They may have that traditional feel, that traditional customer service, but they also have the new modern looks of today. Stop in and take a look at their jewelry case. Talk to the staff. Find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create. Go online, goodmansjewelers.com. Honor of Wisconsin, Alabama. Certainly has the potential to go to one go down as one of the great all timers here in Madison. We want to know what's your best Badger memory in town for a game or just you know being a part of watching it or experiencing a win. Our buddy Coach Playa. This was a crazy night. I was on the sideline. I worked for a different media entity in this city covering it. Coach Playa says Jim Sorgi getting choked out against Ohio ah. State. And then Matt Shabert to Lee Evans down the sideline for the winning touchdown. That was in 2003 at the night game against Ohio State, which was literally they were talking about possibly like calling the cops. You know, it's one of those times where like sport, where like a, a brawl on the field. Like when does it become like heavy, dirty play versus like something illegal? There was like a movement. Like should the linebacker guy's name was Robert Reynolds? I'll yeah, never Reynolds. forget it. Choked the hell out of him. Should he have been arrested because he choked him? That's he assault. choked Jim Sorge out. That's assault, brother. Um, I've never seen anything like it. You know, you talk about hitting players. You know, plunking them with a baseball or a cheap shot in football. Or, you know, an elbow in basketball. Like, dude sacked the quarterback and literally put his hands around his neck and choked him out. Yeah, that was without... I don't think Anthony Davis was in that game because he had a busted up eye socket because of a late hit, I think, against UNLV. 
How is there no Jim Sorgi choked video on YouTube? Um, yeah, there should be. Ohio State and Maybe they Ohio scrubbed State it. They, they scrubbed it. They scrubbed it for Ohio State. Deep State butt eyes. Um, um, that was a crazy night. And then Wisconsin to win it with your backup. I mean, Lee Evans was so insane that year. Um, yeah, to win it with your backup quarterback is pretty remarkable. Yeah, how is there not a choke out of that? Uh, our buddy JD watching. Yeah, Ron Dane getting the Ron record. Um, the last game of the regular season against Iowa. Um, that's, guy, an, that's an all-timer. My guy Jake, he tweets me at mine at Ebo says, and he says, the Rose Bowl 2012. We got hosed by the refs, but it was a great game. It was at that game. Was that TCU? Yeah, that was We just need a little more time on that clock. Well, you think about that run with Bielm on the three. Um, and well, I guess the last one technically would be Barry Alvarez who coached it. Um, but I mean, like the Oregon game, if Jared Aberderis gets out of bounds, yeah, did, did, does Russell Wilson with one more play score, you know, get him in the end zone? I mean, Oregon was probably should have been in that. That was pre college football player for they were ranked third, where you know, that was BCS, where Oregon probably is in the college football play in Wisconsin could have won. And TCU was probably the same thing. I think TCU was ranked like third or fourth in that Rose Bowl. So you could, I mean, they lost both those games. But that's what we were talking about earlier, Evo. Like, is it an all-time great game or memory if your team loses? Like, I keep going back to Duke and the national. Like, I never thought I'd see one of my Wisconsin teams. Well, it's cool that they were there. But then they, yeah, they lose. And then they lose on On some somewhat, yeah, I mean, like on a controversial manner. He touched that ball. No, there was, that wasn't the last. Here's the thing. That wasn't the last play of the game. There was still a minute left, but clearly that altered the trajectory of the game. Yeah, but, but they lost they the beat, game. When they beat Kentucky, I, and then you went down. To I, was, past I was downtown for that, man. And when they beat Kentucky, and the final whistle blew, and the bar just erupted. Yeah. They went out on State Street, and there was just everyone celebrating. That was such a special memory. And, I, and that, the loss, the loss in the championship game doesn't ruin that for me at all because you always think about Final Fours. Oh, it was the Kentucky game was insane because I was in college at Lacrosse at the time. You could hear every house down the street yeah. that was going crazy, and then, like you said, once they won, everyone was out. It was nuts. It was like when the Packers. When the Packers won the Super Bowl, man, we were hanging out of cars, flying the Packers flag, going to bars. The bartenders let us pour our own drinks. People are asking me to make drinks for them. Like, I don't even work here, bro, but I'm reaching top shelf. It's awesome. I love experiences like that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's where, like, the one I can come, you know, the Ohio State game, the night game, they were number one because instantly when I left, that was pre this, you know, sh- job where I was actually just going as a fan, which is something I haven't done in years because you and I usually with between pre and post game or both aren't at the stadium. And that was one where I was lucky enough to be in the stadium as a fan. And so you, the game ends and then you spill out on a Regent street and it's on. And yeah, I mean, it's like, it was like bourbon street where, you know, if you've ever been in New Orleans, like you just walk down the street with a drink and people are partying like in Madison, you're technically supposed to be in the bar drinking or in the and beer garden. Like that night. Big win like that, all bets are Yeah, off. it didn't matter. Like people were just, you couldn't drive a car on Regent Street. Like Regent Street no. and Monroe Street were basically closed. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, happy birthday to English author J.K. Rowling. She brought us Harry Potter and his friends. It's her birthday today. On this date back in 1967, Lake Geneva banned go-go girls yeah they passed an ordinance that said you could not have dancers in bikinis 
or swimsuit-clad outfits waitressing or working in establishments that served alcohol. That was on this date back in 1967, and now you know. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Wednesday, coming up before 6 o'clock. For a lot of Wisconsin farm families, they used to grow a little bit of it every year. Tobacco. A lot of different regions in the state that were familiar with tobacco, but now it's... uh, it's not around as much. Josh Scramlin was intrigued by the history of that crop in Wisconsin. He joins us with a story before six. Talking a little bit about what's happening out there in Wisconsin agriculture. You know, the weather has started to improve and so have our commodity prices, but it's been a long time coming. And that long-term stress our farmers and their farm families feels manifests itself in a lot of different ways. John Schutzke University Extension Health Safety Specialist says you need to pay attention to what your body's telling you when you've been going through long-term stress. Short-term stress is not a bad thing. Stress is a motivator. Stress kind of helps us survive and move on and change. But it's when that stress occurs over a long period of time and it becomes chronic stress. It affects our health. Uh, When you are under chronic stress, your blood pressure tends to go up. That's a big risk factor for heart disease, for having a heart attack, for stroke. Another one is type 2 diabetes. When you're constantly being barraged by stress, your blood sugar tends to stay elevated and that can literally wear out the parts of your body that regulate blood sugar in particular. The other thing that happens, we've known about the stress impact on health for a long time, but the other thing that happens is under long-term chronic stress, we tend to make bad decisions. John Schitzke, University Extension Health Safety Specialist, he said one of the best things you can do, whether you're a farmer or a farm family member, talk to your physician, check in with them once in a while. And speaking of checking in, he said that's another sign that farms are under stress. Farmers traditionally are very connected to their community, very involved, be it the school board, uh, school sports, or church. He said if you're noticing that they've pulled away from some of those activities, that's also a sign of long-term stress. Markets under stress in overnight electronic trade. Numbers are next. Rural Mutual. The number one farm insurer in Wisconsin now sells industrial hemp insurance. With decades of experience in agriculture, protect your hemp operation with leaders in the field. Visit RuralMutual.com slash farm. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Hmm, let me see. How do you express frustration with the weather? Arg! I don't know. It's what's happening with anybody that's trying to make 
Top quality hay this year. Fabulous Farm Bay PM Yankee here for my buddies at McFarland's right there in the heart of Sauk City, where my boys in the farm department, all under one roof, know exactly how you feel. Listen, if you're looking for haymaking equipment, maybe it's a new rake, maybe it's a new baler, whatever it is, go talk to the folks in the farm department at McFarland's. It's all under one roof. They've got a great lineup of both new and used equipment they can introduce you to. And remember, when you talk to the people in the farm department, you have got people that have been there for a while. They know what you're dealing with. They also know what they've got available. And if they don't have what you like, they'll find it. If you need repairs on what you've got, they'll take care of it. Hey, listen, when it comes to making top quality hay and dealing with Wisconsin weather, time is money. And if you want to make sure you're spending your money right, think McFarland, 780 Carolina Street, just off Highway 12. So the markets are a little anxious again this morning. Our corn, soybeans, and wheat finished the day on Tuesday lower. Some concern over a tweet that the president put out uh, criticizing China for the lack of some of the promised purchases on U.S. agricultural goods. He also warned them against waiting for a trade deal until after the 2020 election is complete. Uh, We've got earnings reports that are also hitting Wall Street today. So like I said, the markets are anxious. We closed lower yesterday. Corn, soybeans, and wheat, that trend is continuing this morning. December corn's unchanged at 421. November soybeans down a penny and a quarter at 895 and a half. September wheat down a penny, 496 and a quarter. As far as the dairy markets were concerned yesterday, barrel cheese gained a quarter of a cent to 172 and a quarter. 40 pound block cheese down a half at 182, while AA butter dropped another two and a quarter cents on Tuesday to 232 and three quarters a pound. The September milk's unchanged right now. 1780 a hundredweight. October milk down six at 1769 a hundredweight. So, tomorrow is the beginning of the Wisconsin State Fair, State Fair Park in West Dallas. And I want you to know, this year, you can turn to me, Josh, and Reba for a complete update every day on what's happening at the Wisconsin State Fair, specifically connected to the agriculture displays. So many people go to the Wisconsin State Fair for the cream puffs, the concerts, and the carnivals that they never get a chance to see the agricultural side of that fair. So we're going to do our best to make sure that you recognize what's going on in the barns, in the birthing center, and all around the grounds. Our coverage of the Wisconsin State Fair commences tomorrow both on the radio and online, courtesy of our friends at the Rural Mutual Insurance Group. And coming up next... An interesting learning lesson for our man Josh Scramlin on a Wisconsin crop that's not so typical anymore. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Silver and gold shining forever. Diamonds and other exotic gemstones, some mined right here in the United States. Great prices, a helpful staff. Where can you find all of this? I'm telling you, Goodman's Jewelers. They've been in business for 85 years because they know how to treat their customers right. They've been a part of a lot of love stories in those 85 years, from engagement rings to wedding bands to necklaces, brooches. They even have officially licensed NCAA Bucky Badger. UW Jewelry. And if you've got a graduate who's maybe heading to UW, you may want to stop by Goodman's Jewelers to pick up that perfect gift. And they've got a gift for every occasion and someone to guide you along the way. Back in the day when I used to hear Jewelry Store, I thought there's nothing in there that I can afford. Stop in and talk to John and his staff and find out just how wrong we are. They've got some beautiful pieces at all price points. Their website, goodmansjewelers.com. Their location, 220 State Street. Same spot for those 85 years. 
It's an engineering feat and one you don't want to miss. I'm Pam Yonke, inviting you to come along with us. We're headed to Costa Rica and Panama, January 4th through the 13th. Now, we'll see all the natural beauty those areas have to offer, as well as agricultural highlights. And when we're in Panama, it's more than just the canal. We're also going to be visiting indigenous communities around Panama City. Get details today. Call 800-826-2266 or HolidayVacations.com. Your first car? That's freedom, baby. The new job with new opportunities? Freedom's really ringing. Dumping your stuffy landlord for an investment all of your own? That's the best freedom of all. Freedom of choice. That's where Right on Target Real Estate can help. When a house or condo comes on the market in the area of your choice, you'll be instantly notified so you get the best deal. Right on Target Real Estate is really, really confident they can find you a home at an affordable price. Visit RightOnTargetRealEstate.com. If there was an award for the best farmer's tan, she'd be sure to win it. Pam Yonke and the Farm Report. Oh yeah, you might get a little bit of a tan today. 78 are expected high with sunshine in the sky. As we roll towards 6 o'clock this Wednesday morning, you know, there's a lot of things that folks growing up in Wisconsin agriculture take for granted. There's things that we know that folks from outside of the state may be surprised by. That's the truth when it comes to Wisconsin tobacco. Josh Scramlin, a Michigan farm boy, did a little investigating on this crop that used to be a staple of Wisconsin agriculture. Josh? The other day I was screwing around online and I started reading about tobacco production in the United States. And this is where my love for useless info comes into play. Between the years 2015 and 2018, which state do you think led the nation in tobacco production? And I'll give you a minute to think. The answer is North Carolina. And in 2016, roughly 332 million pounds of tobacco were produced in North Carolina. Kentucky comes in second, Virginia in third, Tennessee in fourth, and Georgia in fifth. So basically all the states that are big tobacco producers are in the south, which is no surprise. What may be a little surprising, though, is that back in the late 1800s, Wisconsin was a leading tobacco-growing state. And according to the Cap Times, at the peak of production, there were some 16,000 acres of tobacco grown by about 4,000 farmers and those were mainly in Rock and Dane counties. Fast forward to 2019, and even though it's not a huge crop in Wisconsin, that doesn't mean that it's completely gone. For this story, we traveled to visit Kurt Watson and his family in Edgerton, Wisconsin. His family farm is in Dane County, and right across the street is Rock County. That's only fitting as he's sandwiched between the two counties that used to be the leading producers in tobacco. When I got out to Kurt's property, the first thing I asked him was if he knew a ballpark estimate of how many tobacco producers there were left in the state. No, honestly, I couldn't tell you. I know it's it's down a lot from what it was years ago. Um, I mean, it's really... It's really kind of sad in a way that uh, that we are so few anymore. So, yeah, because you're the fourth generation, correct? Yep, fourth generation tobacco grower, and and right now my kids and my nephews are helping, and hopefully uh, we'll see if they get to be fifth generation growers or just uh, four and a half. We'll see. So, <laughs> so going off that, can you give me the history of your family's uh, involvement with the tobacco crops in Wisconsin? Well, uh, it started with my great-grandfather and then uh, passed to my grandfather and, my, and then my dad. My dad was actually, he was a tobacco buyer for, for many years. And uh, so the years ago, there used to be quite a few different companies. And, and uh, they'd have buyers that would go out and uh, buy the tobacco. And, and it got to be kind of a... Kind of a Oh, kind of a tough situation for a lot of farmers back in the day because, uh, 
you know, they'd come out on a day and, and they'd offer you a certain price and some guys would hold out, you know, they thought they had a good crop. So, so they would hold out and try to get more money. The next day they'd, they'd offer less. And I mean, it was, there was a lot of hard, hard feelings over the tobacco buying process years ago. Now we're just, uh, now we're just contract growers. Basically we know what we got, you know, before we start. But, uh, so my dad did that for a long time and, and that's kind of, uh, kind of how I had the passion for it and and uh growing up I always kind of kind of wanted to be a tobacco buyer too but but uh I'm, you know those days are kind of past now with just the company's contracting so what are some of the best memories that you have as growing up on the tobacco farm whether it be with your grandpa or your dad oh I got lots of memories I mean a lot of the, a lot of the best memories I got are just uh just around the tobacco fields or or you know in the in the winter when we're stripping the tobacco just uh you know all the all the friends that I had from high school that would come out and and help and and uh, just growing up learning how to work and and being around my family and now uh, now being able to watch my kids you know grow up and help and my cousins and my nephews and you know it's just it's still a family deal for us and and uh, you know that's kind of kind of how we try to keep it just uh, kind of a family uh, family farming event really so. And as far as like uh, looking at a calendar year, can you maybe walk me through what you do in each of the seasons? Because I quite honestly have no idea. So what you do in the winter, what you do in the spring and so on and so forth. Well, we uh, we actually buy our plants, you know, starting in the spring, we buy our plants from a grower in Michigan. And I, I would say 75 to 80 percent of the plants are, come from that grower in Michigan. And there are farmers around here that have their own greenhouses and uh, grow their own plants. So so in the spring, we get our plants and, and uh, then we go out, we uh, transplant them into the fields. And uh, so, I mean, yesterday, yesterday we planted three acres and... Uh, that three acres took us roughly six hours to plant, and uh, we ended up having uh, having uh, friends of ours out and, and kids, and uh, we had kids. I mean, I think the youngest kid we had on there was probably seven, eight years old, and uh, just to give them a try, you know. I mean, if they're if they're wanting to try it, I'm certainly not going to discourage them from from working, you know. So, and uh, so in the spring we get our plants and get them transplanted, and then. Uh, We'll cultivate it, you know. Keep an eye on it. Watch, uh, watch for pests and and uh, watch for weeds. And then, uh, and then you get uh, so the, the tobacco plant is just like any other plant. It wants to reproduce. So, so that plant will uh, it'll shoot a flower. And so, so around flowering time. And and if we're planting now, we'd be topping probably probably mid July is when we'd be topping. And that's that's our term for breaking the flower off. So when we break the flower off, what that does is is it puts the energy that that plant wants to put into that flower to reproduce into the leaves because our the way we make money is by selling the most pounds of, of leaves that we can we can sell. So so we want to make sure that plant is healthy. We want to give it enough of enough nutrients. Hopefully mother nature gives us enough water and uh we're able to have a good good healthy crop and uh so after after that uh, topping, then uh, you know some guys will start to harvest. We'll be harvesting from three anywhere from three to five weeks after topping, and uh, and that's when uh, that's when we harvest it and it goes into the sheds to dry. How many acres do you guys have here on your property? Uh, we farm about 450 acres total, and and eight of those acres is uh, is tobacco. And what is the tobacco that you grow used for? 
Well, right now we're growing two different varieties. It's a uh, the varieties are a 608 and a 503B, and these are these are both Wisconsin-type uh, dark tobacco, and uh, these are used for uh, you know for uh, loose-leaf chew tobacco. A lot of it will be like uh, Redman, Redman chew, or uh, or like Chattanooga chew, stuff like that from out out east in Virginia. Earlier, you were talking about tobacco buyers, and your dad was a tobacco buyer. Mm. I know it's still a thing. I know there's not a lot of them, but who exactly does buy your tobacco, or where do you even go to sell your tobacco? Well, right now there's only, uh, well, I, I guess there's three companies that that buy the loose leaf type tobacco in Wisconsin, and uh, but the the main the main two is uh, Swedish Match out of Stoughton, and then Veroqua Leaf out of Edgerton. They both take the tobacco to the same warehouse, you know, in Stoughton, but uh, those are basically the only two. There's really uh, there's really no uh, fighting over the tobacco anymore like there used to be. So, And you were talking about your kids maybe being the next generation. Um, as far as the rest of your life goes, do you think you'll continue to grow tobacco for a long time? I think as long as there's some money in it, I probably will. I mean, uh, you know, I I like the fact that uh, there's, still, there's still some money to be made, but... Uh, I also do like the fact that uh, my kids and and uh, my nephews and you know they learn they learn what work is you know and a lot of a lot of people that come out of a t- tobacco field they uh, they kind of know what their work ethics like and and uh, I think they're better for it. I can certainly tell when I get uh, when I get a few city kids out in the tobacco field compared to some of the country kids. So all right, Kurt, we're out in the field right now, and I've never seen anything like this. I'm sure you're desensitized to it by now, but what is this machinery that they're sitting on and can you just kind of explain what what it is that they're doing yeah this is just a it's a transplanter it's an rj equipment uh, transplanter so it's a carousel type a lot of the older older transplanters that were used around here were an ellis which were actually made in verona and uh i still have an old ellis planter but uh this one i kind of switched up i i bought this and uh and uh it just works nice because i only need two people so uh it's uh, the old setter. I needed four people for two rows, and, and it was just, uh, I couldn't pass this up because it's hard to find help anymore, and, and uh, this one's actually easier. It's more comfortable, and, and uh, you know, I mean, we've had, we've had six, seven-year-old kids that want to try it, and they do quite well on it. So. Well, I've gotten Steele's entire life story. Steele's driving the tractor right now. He's 10, and then who's the other help that you have on the back? I got my cousin Olivia, and then uh, her friend uh, Allie from Minnesota, and it's her first time planting. Today the wind hasn't been the best, and I've just been watching you guys plant. And I know earlier you said hopefully we don't get a hard rain. How has the soil been for you guys this year? And are these the ideal soil conditions when planting tobacco? Uh, right now, right now we've dried out. I mean, all year it's been a challenge just with corn and beans, but because uh, we've been so wet. But uh, finally, we've got some drier weather here, and we're. I was able to get the tobacco ground kind of fit where I want. I I may have it a little little loose, but uh, but it's uh, it's planting good and and uh, planting nice. So I'm pretty happy with that. Just uh, you know, we're at the mercy of Mother Nature. So if we get a hard rain, we deal with it. If we don't get rain, we deal with it. We're just uh, kind of go with it, I guess. So tobacco, we've we've always put it on kind of our better ground. You know, it's uh, it kind of likes a looser soil. You know, it doesn't have to be. Uh, doesn't have to be a real heavy dirt you know it uh, tobacco itself does not like wet feet so so the one thing uh one thing my dad always told me if you uh, if you plant tobacco wet you're going to regret and uh so so i mean that's uh one thing i've always kind of kind of lived by and and uh 
kind of kept their fields high and dry and and, uh, let the tobacco do its thing. At this point, Kurt and his family had done more than I could ever ask for them to do. They let me go out in the fields. They let me walk alongside the planter. They actually let me even hop on the planter, and that was quite the spectacle. So if you want 